Welcome to TBN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's episode, beloved singer and Grammy Award winner Cece Winans hosts Lisa Bevere, Dodie Osteen, and her mother Dolores Winans. Listen as they give advice to those walking behind them in Christ and highlight God's faithful and unfailing love. I am so excited to have you. You're amazing. You're such a blessing. And um, thanks for being here. Absolutely. So what is all happening in your life? You're so busy. Well, I have four sons, as you know. <laughs> yes. Four grandsons. Uh, no, four grandchildren. Four so grandchildren. I am, like, having the grandbabies, doing yes. life. I call it the blessed blur. <laughs> I see my husband occasionally. He's amazing. He That's right. He's cuter. I love, uh, I love it. How long have you guys been married now? 36 years. 36 years. Yeah. I recently said 32, and he corrected me. He said it feels like 32, but it's been 36. It's been 36. Well, that's a good thing. Tell me about your new book. Yeah, so I wrote a book called Adamant. Yes. Uh, So here's the thing, Cece. I don't know if you've walked outside recently, but up is down, right is wrong, truth is fluid, everything Mm. is changing. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, I'm just going to say half Sicilian, G-Mama is like, I'm not happy about this. This Uh is not what I want to leave as a marker for the next generation. Mm. And so I had to find out, what do I really believe? Okay. Does truth change Hmm. with our culture, our opinion, our experience, or is truth eternal? Wow. And I think that right now we live in a day and a time where everybody's like, well, that's your truth, Cece. Yeah. That's your yeah, truth. Yeah. Well, truth. Yeah, how many is, truths yeah, there are isn't, there? There isn't a bazillion truths. Now, right. we all have different stories. Right, right. And there's things that are true of us. Like, what is true of me is I have four grandkids. Right. What I hope will be true of me in five years is I have ten. Uh-huh. But so true of changes, changes. with circumstances, with but truth is truth. eternal. And so what we have is we have this interesting challenge in our day where we can have the truth preached without love and it comes across harsh Mm. so the world is preaching love without truth but love without truth is a lie and so we have to be a people to merge both truth and love and we have to be spirit-led right and knowledgeable of the word of god because the word of god is what rightly divides and jesus said he was the way Mm -hmm. the The truth. truth And the life. And he said, no one comes to the Father. Not just our favorite truth, but the only truth. The only truth. That's true. Truth is not a what. It's not a theory. It's a who. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. Do you feel like, do you feel like we are representing the truth well for the next generation? No. Okay. I, I think, I think we're doing it well but not well enough not well enough and so i think that we have a whole generation i actually was just at a youth conference this i'm like hallelujah a grandmother still invited to speak at youth conference that makes me super excited so i did a youth conference last week i did one today and Mm -hmm. last night but here's what i find millennials are leaving the church because the church is more known for what she's against than what she is for and so we have to be people who are for love for truth, for hope, for okay. freedom. Okay. And uh, we can't be for everything. Right. Because God loves everyone. That's right. But, but he doesn't love everything. everything. That's right. Because you can't, you can't love things That's right. that hurt people. Mm. And so for me, writing the book Adamant, Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions, was about what do I believe? 
Okay. See, I tend to write the books that I need to read. Mm. I'm an ENFP, Enneagram 7. I am a kite without a tail. Everybody is, you know, I want everybody yeah. happy. But yeah. the truth is, the Word of God is my anchor. That's it. And so if the Word of God is my anchor, what does the Word of God say, say. about our day and our time? And so I, I found this word adamant, mm -hmm. which was this very intriguing word. Mm -hmm. Because long before it was an adjective or an adverb, which right. means stubborn and unyielding, it was a but noun. It was a noun. Mm -hmm. And it was a dream. And the Greek poets and philosophers had this idea about a stone that would be impervious to destruction, that any lesser stone that it came in contact with would be ground to dust. Mm -hmm. They believed it would be magnetic, where it would draw but not be drawn, that it would mm -hmm. capture light and redirect it, and they called it Adamus. And Adamus means invincible. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why they came up with this random idea, but I just have to wonder, were they actually looking for something they had not yet seen? Were they maybe desperate for what we read in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, mm -hmm. when he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar and he said, you saw a stone mm -hmm. not made with hands. Yeah. And that stone hits the image of all the man-made kingdoms. And then that stone becomes a mountain. And then the mountain is Zion and it fills the entire earth. See, I do believe that Jesus yeah. is our cornerstone. Yeah. He is our adamant. He's he our is adamant. the invincible truth. The invincible truth. He is that, yeah. And he is that unassailable refuge. You know, it said that there was a rock that followed them through the wilderness, mm -hmm. which was Christ. Yeah. And we're like, what? Yeah. There was literally a rock that followed the children of Israel Hallelujah. through the wilderness, rolled up to the tabernacle, provided enough water for three million people. people. And that rock was Christ. And that word for Hebrew of that rock is an unassailable refuge. Jesus is a refuge of truth. And because truth does not change, we can change. But we, we live in a change. culture right. that is telling you and I that truth is a river. Mm. And that it is changing with all the different seasons. But no. you and I know no. that truth is not a river. Truth is invincible. It is immovable. It is constant, and because God changes, we changes not. We can change. We can change. We That's can awesome. Change. My yeah. God, my God. So, going back to you saying that, going back to you saying that you're still being invited to to youth conference. Yes. Does that tell you that we have a younger generation that really wants the truth? Yes. You know, here's the thing. This is just this is what my theory is. Okay. I think there's been a little bit of a breakdown. Okay. where parents have tried to be their children's friend instead of their parents. Come on. And so I think that sometimes what they can't hear from a mom and a dad, they can hear from a grandparent. And so I feel like I've been able to come in as a Sicilian grandmother and just say, listen, I'm going to be your godmother for the next hour. So I do feel like this next generation of millennials, of especially, millennials. Mm -hmm. are some of the most amazing people on the face of the earth. I agree. I birthed four of them, so yeah. I love them. <laughs> but I also have found yeah. this about millennials. They are the most well-educated, most well-connected people, but they also are the most confused. And I'm not saying that because they're not smart, right. but they had so many options. I mean, when, when I got right. married to my That's husband, true. it was That's like, true. do you want the Christian guy with a job or the Christian guy without the job? job? I'm like, I'll take the Christian guy with the job, which is always the right answer. So, I mean, it was like two choices. Right. Now it's like right. 350,000 right. choices. That's right. But I also believe that they're called to do something that has never been done before. I agree. And when you are called to do something that has never been done before, you can't be looking at what everybody else does. You have to press this generation into the presence of God, God. because they're trying to figure out what they're called to do right. when they don't even know who they are. are. And you don't know who you are until you know whose right. you are. Who's you and are. when you have a revelation, 
of who God is, yes. he tells you who you are. That's right. And so I want to tell them who God is, yeah. put them into the presence of God so he tells them who they are. Because see, we've all been called names by who we've been. Mm -hmm. But God calls us the name we're becoming. And there is a secret name that only Jesus knows that is on a stone, written a white stone that's a yeah. real CC name. Yeah. That the name is your eternal name, the yeah. destiny. You're alive to grow into the likeness of that name. that name. And so I think it's pretty amazing. So I love being able to declare purpose and strength over them, but I can't ever declare love if I don't also declare truth. truth. That's right. They work, they work hand in hand. Gotta have the truth. Yeah. Um, you dived into some tough topics, including the truth that God is adamant in hate. Yes. If God is love, what does he hate? Yes. Okay, so this was a real journey for me. So I hope everybody's not, like, turning off their TV right now. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hold so, on, no, so I, I had written the first five chapters. I'd written the adamant. Uh-huh. Adamantly intimate. Adamantly constant. Adamant that we love adamant in love with us that God's love for us is invincible closed my laptop and I heard the Holy Spirit say and I'm adamant hate and I was like wait mm -hmm. God you are love right you don't have love you are love. love how does a God who is love, love hate and so I said well I'll just I'll just cut and paste Proverbs 6 Six things that God hate. I'll just put it in there, and I'm just going to go enjoy my grandbaby. So I rode my bicycle back to the house we were staying in, picked up my cell phone, and I had a text message from a Messianic rabbi. And he said, the Holy Spirit said, you're writing right now. He said, whatever is you touched on today is the reason why an entire generation has been immunized against truth. And he said, you need to pursue that. So I wrote him back. I'm like, Adam and hate? Adam and hate? And he said, he wrote me all these Hebrew words. And I was like, okay. Tomorrow. So I got up the next morning and I said, God, talk to me. Mm -hmm. Because Rabbi Brian's name's not going on this book. Right. Talk to me. You gotta tell me. And he said, I hate what unmakes love. He said, I hate what unmakes those I love. I hate what undermines my image and distorts yours. Mm. He said, You pursue those four things because see, everything mm -hmm. God hates is about protecting who he, he loves. loves. And so we have That's to understand good. there's a difference there. There's a difference. Charles Spurgeon said, you cannot love what God loves if you do not hate, hate what, what God hates. hates. That's right. Yes. That's right. And so we're trying to love well and don't understand that you have to hate darkness. Come on. If you're going to truly love you're light. You're going to love God. You're and if you're going to truly love people, you got to hate what puts them in bondage, not be entertained by it. That's good. That's so. good. Hate will put them in bondage and not be entertained by yeah, it. Yeah, but let's not be entertained. Like, everybody hates sex trafficking, but do we all hate pornography at the same level that Come we on. hate sex trafficking? Ooh. Or do we maybe tolerate that a little, a little bit, bit in entertainment? So, see, it's the shadow form of the substance. So we need to hate the shadow and the substance. Yes. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Okay, we have a clip that we're going to yes. show. Yes. So can you set that? Okay, up so I, I I love that we're segueing from a God who is adamant in hate to a God who is adamantly intimate. Yeah. God will always draw near, and He draws near to separate light from dark, mm -hmm. and He draws near, never in disgust, never like I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. But think about the Genesis account when the Spirit of God began it's to hover. Yeah. He hovered. That means to approach with gentle, nurturing, cherishing movements. Okay. And that's what the Spirit of God will do. He will hover over a person's life. He will find that place of pain. And Cece, I was in a place of pain. I was pregnant with my fourth child. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified I was going to have a little girl. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, why would you be terrified? Well, because I didn't get what I needed from my mom. 
and she didn't get what she needed for her mom. And because we didn't get what we needed from our mamas, I didn't feel like I would be able to ever raise a daughter. I felt like I would hurt her, not ever help her. And so I was in a, a moment of deep prayer. Share with us some of the declarations you would want to. Well, and you know, I, I love that often we don't understand mm -hmm. that God is actually going right after that very painful place. That's right. So That's I right. want to explain why it would be interesting that Jesus would say, I always thought you were funny. Okay. Because my parents were always fighting. My dad was an alcoholic. It was just all sorts of chaos. And I would come in mm -hmm. and I would try to dismantle the tension with humor. Mm. And my mother would feel like it was a betrayal. And so she would, you know, call me all sorts of names and, and, uh, and just like, you're such a smart aleck and you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there was just like one sentence where Jesus was able just to slip in and say, I always thought you were funny. And you know, I had a boy. I didn't even need to have this happen, but God knows yeah. that I was going to minister to women. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I would want you to know. I would want you to know that the same God that spoke to me, that same God that speaks to Cece, that same God that understands the pain of your childhood, the same God that remembers all those things that made him smile, yeah. that you have forgotten, that same God wants to reattach you to the correct imagery. You are not your past. There is something on your life that the enemy yes, is terrified is going to come forward. But if you get in the presence of God, God is going to call you forth by the image that he has woven in you, that new genesis. This is what he wants to do. He wants to draw near. He wants to separate light from dark. He wants to remove those deep fathoms that have buried you for years. And he wants to call forth those things that are hidden. He wants to call forth the seed. He wants to speak to that soil. I believe with all of my heart that this is a year of a shift for you. This is a year of breakthrough for you. Yes. I believe that you can hide yourself in the truth and the truth will have its way in you. I believe that the church is going to rise up and she is going to be a bastion of strength and truth. I believe that we're going to learn how to live the truth in love yes. so that we can be heard when we speak the truth in love. So this book for me was about, I want to know how to live the truth in love. I want to know how to have my life grounded by the convictions of God's word rather than swept by every tempest of opinions. opinions. And we are a generation right now that our convictions are formed by our opinions and God wants to shift it and have our convictions formed by the eternal word, word of God, God. Yes, and our opinions Lord. shaped by yes. that. So everything is shifting right now. Praise God. So would you, would you, pray for, would you pray for our audience? Father, I just thank you yes, that the Lord. Holy Spirit is also the spirit of truth. Yes. And so, Father, I thank you that as they lean into the word of God, that the word of God would come into their lives and it would rightly divide between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. Father, that we'd be a generation that would navigate truth and love well. Father, we want to see your glory. We want to see your power. And so, Father, sanctify us. Make us holy and make us whole again. And Father, I thank you for the people under the sound of my voice. I thank you that you'll be courageous, that you will not try to be popular, but that you will choose to be influential, that you will be influential for the kingdom of God and that you will stand in truth and live truth in such a way that the love of God is so evident on your life that it is irresistible to people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. Let's give Lisa a hand. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. It is nothing like the Word of God, and it's nothing like she said, truth and love. There's nothing more powerful, no matter what challenge you're going, you're going through or you're facing. The love of God and the truth of God is more powerful and greater than any challenge.
You can have the victory in every area of your life. Speaking of victory, we have been, I have been so blessed to know our next guest all of my life, and I am so honored that she's here. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored. Oh, I can remember y'all from years and years and yes, years ago. That's and how right. I loved you all those oh, years and how yeah. I watched you and loved to see you. See, and that's now I'm right. getting to sit beside you. Can you believe oh, it? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's just like Jesus. After you know, Bibi and I came to um, you and Pastor Osteen's church years and years ago when we first started out. You guys showed us so much love. Absolutely. Always had us at the church singing, always encouraged us. And so I just want to say thank you yes. for being who you are, <laughs> you and your family. What a blessing yes. to the world. Absolutely. So I'm honored to have you both here. And even in your small um, clips that we showed, um, you both talked about prayer. And, and I know the Bible tells the older women to teach the younger women. And... Um, we just talked with um, Lisa Brevere, and she was talking about the generations, um, the millennials, and, and them needing to hear the truth and, the, and love, truth and love. Um, how important is prayer um, in your life, but also in mentoring other people? And I'll let mom, you can start off with that. And then oh, that's the top priority. That's right. Top priority? Prayer is the top priority. Okay. Um, Years ago, when I first got saved, mm -hmm. uh, about 65 years ago, wow. that's what they taught us, that we had to pray, learn to pray to God. And certainly it wasn't anything that you had to really work at because he set the pattern before us how to pray. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I used to, when they would call on me to lead prayer, I said, oh, don't call on me, you know, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad God taught me that it was easy to talk to him. Yeah. We had a, a pastor, Elder I.W. Winans, and when he would get down to pray, he'd just say, now, Lord, mm. just like he's coming back into another conversation with the Lord. Mm. And that's what it is, telling the Lord what you want, your supplication, your praise, mm -hmm. and your petitions. Yeah. And uh, it's so important to it's learn so important. to pray and to stay before God in prayer and to continue a prayer life all through your life. Awesome, That's awesome. Right. What are you, awesome, praise God. You know, Stacey, you don't have to know how to pray. Just mm -hmm. pray like a little child. Mm -hmm. My goodness, I have prayed before people that I didn't even know how to pray before. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, God would just give me words to say. It doesn't have to be an eloquent prayer, yeah. you know. Just pray out of your heart out like a little heart. child. My friend was a Methodist preacher, and he had a bad stomach ache. And he said to his little girl, she was three years old, pray for Daddy. I have a stomach ache. She said, Father, bless his food. And God healed her just like that. <laughs> so you don't know how, have to know how to pray. Mm. I mean, just pray. Jesus hears you. He just loves for you to pray no matter how you pray. No matter how you pray. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And so you guys have seen the power of prayer throughout your life. Oh, yeah. Um, Jody, I know you have an incredible testimony. First of all, you say your greatest joy is your five children. Yes. Right? They are all in ministry. How did you mentor them to be where they are now? I think it's mostly their daddy that mentored them. <laughs> I think so? Okay. Joel says all the time, my daddy did this, my daddy did that, and I thought, 
I'm the one that changed your diapers. I'm the one that washed your clothes. I'm the one that cooked for you. That's but it's yet, yet it's always my daddy. Mm -hmm. But you know, their daddy had a great influence on them. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Well, you gave them the balance in it all. Well, what about you, Mom, as far as well, we're talking about prayer and how you mentored all of us to be doing what we're doing today? Right, and I probably had that same testimony. <laughs> Whenever they talk, they talk about their dad, dad, what he right. did. And, you know, when we That's sit right. back and say, well, praise the Lord, <laughs> because he did. And I All thank God for yeah. that, that they had a dad that did that. But Thank God. But we had to teach them. We had to teach them also, because a lot of times dad wasn't around. That's right. But we had to continue to teach them mm -hmm. and mentor them in the Bible. From what we knew, what we had learned, we had to give to them. Okay, that's awesome. And it worked. So, t so tell me, why do you think, um, Dodie, that God has? Why do you think He chose your family to to minister to the world? I don't know, sis. Mm. I wonder that because I grew up in a little city mm -hmm. there in Houston, close to Houston, mm -hmm. called Pelly, Texas. Nobody knows where it is. It was later changed to Beta. I don't know why He chose me to be the mother of these children, to be the wife of John Osteen. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, it's God's favor all the way. John mm -hmm. was, John. And God is no respecter of persons. John was a popcorn salesman in the ISIS theater in Fort Worth, Texas. They had no money. They were poor cotton farmers. They lost everything in the depression. But yet God chose that little boy yeah. who gave his heart to Jesus at age 17, walking home from a nightclub, and he laid out in the yard under the stars, and he, he said, there's more to this than what I'm doing, you know. There's, mm -hmm. there's got to be more, because he had a friend, a friend, like Lisa said, a friend mm -hmm. who had witnessed to him in high school and took him to church. John didn't go to church. And took him to church and told him about Jesus, and he gave his heart to Jesus. God called him to preach when he was 17. Wow. And so then he was poor. He didn't have anything. Went through a divorce. When we got married, he, he, we didn't know whether he was going to be accepted by our denomination or not because he'd gone through a divorce. Yeah. He didn't want the divorce, but he did. And then we got married, and we began to have all these children. And it's just God's favor. A little boy <laughs> from the... From the popcorn uh -huh. a salesman in a, a theater in wow. Fort Worth wow. that preached the gospel all wow. over the world. Went to India 35 times. So it had to be God's favor. Had you can do it too. Favor. If you're watching us and you want to do something for Jesus, Jesus can use you. Mom, why do you, why do you think God chose our family to, to represent him? I, I never would have thought, never would have thought. <laughs> he, he would have chosen us. Uh, when uh, I was young and, and I met your dad singing. We just both loved to sing and we loved to sing the gospel. Mm -hmm. But never did I think after we got married that we would have 10 children, <laughs> first of all. Yeah, I think you told me you were planning on having two. Two. Yeah, <laughs> right. A God little, multiplied A little white that. picket fence <laughs> and what have you. But it was God's plan, mm -hmm. and I just say, thank God, you know. I, I didn't understand it all the time that I was having. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. But I thank God that before we got married, we got saved. Hallelujah. And we had the Word of God talk to us. The Word of God talk. The Word of God. Thank God. So that's what we wanted to do was to please God. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I thank Him for what He has done because He has done a marvelous thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was only Him that could do it. Only Him. Only 
So do, so do you guys, I mean, are you, you women, ladies, <laughs> incredible women, um, do you believe God can use anybody or anybody. any family? Anything. I believe God can use anybody that will be willing to be used and will be obedient to Him. Do you know when we started to get married, I knew that I loved John and he loved me. He tried to convince me. I called him uh, Brother Osteen for ages after we started dating. He said, would you please quit calling me Brother Osteen and call me John. I have a name and it's John. So I started calling him John. And anyway, I told him before, uh, I said, I love you, but I can't, I don't know how to be a pastor's wife. Mm. I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to teach. I don't know how to play the piano. I don't know what to do. He said, look, I want you to be yourself. Just love the people and love me. That's what you want me to do. Mm. The first time he ever called on me to, and I wouldn't go up on the platform because I was shaking in my boots, I'm telling you. Really? And so one time, I, Texas, Texans, we were boots. <laughs> But anyway, I was shaking so, and he said to me, he said, God told me, and I said, oh, dear Jesus, God told me for you to make the announcements. I said, oh, no, I can't make the announcements. <laughs> he gave them to me written out, and I went up on the platform shaking, uh -huh. shaking, right, uh, reading those announcements, which were simple, you know, Sunday school <laughs> next Sunday at 10. <laughs> I was shaking, but I did what God told me. See? And so... See, now, you deal now with I get up there a little bit more and I'm 84. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. That is awesome. Jody, we know you have a testimony. Share your testimony, um, how God healed you. Oh, my goodness, Cece. Now I'm 84. You're 84. When I was 48. When I was 48. Mm -hmm. Wow, hallelujah. In 1981, diagnosed with metastatic cancer of the liver right at Christmas time, just a few days. I went in the hospital November the, uh, the 20th and got out on December the 10th with the diagnosis of metastatic cancer of the liver. They could treat me with, they couldn't find the medicine, where it had begun, mm -hmm. so they didn't know how to treat me. And they said, we could do chemo, but we don't think it'll help her. She'll still live only a few weeks. So John and I only went home in the traffic. And so the next morning, uh, my mother and daddy were keeping, we only had one child at home then, all the other ones were gone, and they were keeping the children, and it was hard for us to go in and tell them, Miss Dolores, and my name is Dolores too, did you know that? <laughs> yeah. We're both Dolores. I love that, I just learned that. We today. spell it a little different, different, mine's O and hers is E. But anyway, I had to go tell mother and daddy, but we went to bed that night, and I, I weighed 89 pounds, it was jaundiced and all. But anyway, the next morning we got up and we lay at the foot of our bed mm -hmm. and he prayed over me and he said, God, I want you to heal my wife. I need her, the children need her, the church needs her, and Jesus, you need her. <laughs> and so he commanded that cancer to come out like Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Mm -hmm. And Jesus spoke and it withered and died and every root came out and that's Praise the way I, God. amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. And that was December 11th. And as far as I was concerned, it didn't feel like I was healed. But I, when I went through the house, I went out every place saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I looked so pitiful. April, my daughter, said I, my mother looked like she was 92. Mm. And at that time, I was 48. Mm. But, um, but you, kept, you kept speaking the word I over yourself. I kept speaking. I never have left. I got a list of scriptures. I made them up. Mm -hmm. And I never have left the house one day without reading those scriptures. If I have to take a plane at 6 in the morning, I'm up at for whatever time, reading those healing scriptures, because that's my life, Cece. Mm. That's been my medication all these years. That's been your medication. Yes. 
It's going to be 37 years on December 11th. Praise when we God. pass a, a cemetery, I say, devil, you're a liar. You mm. come to steal Kellen Stroy, but you cannot do that. And I am going to live, and I will live to be an old, old lady. I asked Jesus to let me live to be 90, 96. Because my daddy went to heaven at 96 or older. But then to let me go home in my sleep, not sick. Not sick. That's right. Amen. Awesome. Wouldn't that be good? That'd be awesome. Father, let us all go yes. home. Let us all At an old age, sick. Jesus. Yes. Not sick, not but sick. in our sleep. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Yes, yes. Just to go to bed and wake up in heaven. Wake up in oh heaven. Oh, my goodness. Would you pray for somebody who might be watching who's sick, who's dealing with a sickness? Anybody here have sickness? Any kind of sickness? Cancer or anything? Pray. Please raise your hand. Father, I pray for all these people. Yes, God. Jesus, they're your children, oh, Father. Your children. They would not be sitting here if they weren't your children. And if they didn't want to learn know, learn more about you. Yes. So, Father, I ask you to touch them and heal them. I speak to their bodies. Yes, God. I command the sickness to go, the infirmity to go, whatever it is that's wrong in their body. Jesus, you spoke to the fig tree. It withered and died. I speak to every disease in these bodies. I command them to leave. All those who are watching us, and I command it to leave, wither and die at the roots, and every root leave. Leave. Uh, and never, ever, never, Come back again the second time. Yes. Jesus, Nahum 1 9 says, This affliction shall never rise up the second time. Your word works, Jesus. You never lie. So do it for all the people that need it. In Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Um, thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you, you ladies, and mom, you mentioned it a little bit before, but how did the older generation impact you all growing up? How did they impact you? When you look at your lives now, do you look back and say, wow, I thank God they did this or they did that. How did they impact you in, in, in a positive way for you to be who you are today? For you guys, for you ladies to be these great women of faith, you know, what did the older generation do? Oh, they impacted me greatly, both naturally and spiritually. Mm. They taught me how to love my children. They taught me, like I said, I had no clue I was going to have 10 children. And they taught me how to love them, how to discipline them. Um, today, discipline is a dirty word, <laughs> but discipline works. <laughs> and it works with love. Yeah, it works with love. They taught me that. They taught me uh, the Word of God, how to live as a holy woman. When you come out of the world, you come out and you have to take off that old man and put on the new, renew your mind and, and to live holy mm -hmm. because that's a requirement God has. That's right. And, and they uh, planted that in me and I tried to to implant that in my children. Mm -hmm. And it just worked. It, it just took me all through those years. You know, there were times when you could get discouraged when yeah. you, got, you got a lot of children around and you don't oh, know what to do. But God, <laughs> Ten, through five. his word, <laughs> <laughs> through his word will, will get you through. And sometimes people look at you all and look at your family and they feel like, I mean, you just shared this incredible testimony. They, 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 they think you don't go through challenges. Oh, or it's my. not hard because you're a believer. Do you, do you still deal with hard times because oh, you believe? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. 
And you know, Mother and Daddy got saved when I was five. And mm -hmm. the, oh my word, that means so much to me mm -hmm. because they went to church. My mother didn't go so much, she was sick a lot. And I'm an only child, so me, my, imagine me having five. And did you come from a- I had one sister. One my husband was an only child. Oh my <laughs> word. And you had 10? And I came had, at Dear ten. Jesus. <laughs> But I always told him, you know, never compare me with anybody with under five. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have at least five, so you, you did that. I did that. Cece didn't, did she? No. <laughs> Shame on her. <laughs> Listen, you're an amazing mother. And Mother and yes. Daddy had an influence on me, especially mm -hmm. my daddy. He was my hero. Mm -hmm. Never saw Daddy drink beer, even beer or anything. Never heard him say a dirty word. Mm. Because I'd had polio when I was a little girl, they took extra good care of me. Mm. So they loved me, and, yeah. and I'm glad. And the church was two or three blocks down from our house. And we, Daddy and I went all the time. And I remember when I was 13, I gave my heart to Jesus. Wow. And it was wonderful, I'm Hallelujah. telling you. Hallelujah. And all these years now, I've been serving Jesus, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't be alive, for one thing. I wouldn't right. have a little girl that was alive. Amen. My goodness. I love it. I love it. So, so what they did impacted the rest of your life. Yes, and not right. just right. your life, but it impacted ours. Right. That's right. So the Word of God works for every generation. That's right. Is it just as powerful as it was when just, you guys were? Just as powerful. Just as powerful. Just as many miracles as you saw then. And I believe we're going to see more miracles in these coming days. Because this yeah. is going to be an awareness and going to be healings. I'm seeing some healings now, and not when I pray for them especially, but when other people pray too that are amazing to me. We mm -hmm. get word, you know, months after that I got healed. A little boy came the other day, about 13, 8 years old, I think he was, had cancer of the lung, and we prayed one service. Not just me praying, but a lot, a lot you know, just everybody mm -hmm. in agreement. And he went back to the doctor, and they said, we don't know what happened. The cancer's gone. Totally Hallelujah. Gone. Still working miracles. Still working miracles. I love it. I love it. Okay. There's so much I want to ask you ladies. Okay. So, so tell me if you had one thing that you would want to share with a younger woman coming up, what would that be? One thing. Well, I, I tried to tell, you know, a lot of people will come to you either one-on-one -on -one or, you know, mm -hmm. if you're speaking to a crowd of people. But I try to let them know that God is faithful. Mm. Amen. Always. You, yeah. He might not come, there's a song, he w doesn't come when you want him all the time. Yeah, He's right, right on, on time. time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that is true. But you have to have the patience to wait and to believe and to hold on to God's word. And don't get discouraged, don't get depressed, because that's what Satan comes to do. God is faithful. Amen. That's good. If you hold on, he is going to give you what you need. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What about you? Well, I just think it's important for young ladies to keep themselves clean mm. and pure before God and mm. right, wait for the right man to come along. And another thing, Cece, I see some people don't want to forgive people for doing things to them in the past. That's good. Forgiveness is so important to me. Even now, I'm so quick that when I think I've done something wrong, I, 
this is one little example, and we know how much time we flew to Ireland, and it was different temperature there. We'd flown 14 hours, and we got there, and I got a terrible headache, sinus headache. I never have a headache, but it was raining, it was cold. And I remembered before I left, I spoke something kind of harshly to my daughter, Lisa. Now, that wasn't unusual when they were little, but, you know, when they're grown and married and have children, I, I try to be a little nicer to them. And, but anyway, <laughs> just something that I just had a little right. disagreement with. Uh -huh. And I thought, Jesus dealt with me when I was laying on the bed. I normally don't come in and go to bed when I get to some country or some place. But anyway, I called home and I called Lisa and I said, Lisa, I don't know what time it was. I think I woke her up at 2 30 in the morning. I said, please forgive me Aww. for what I said to you today. And she didn't even know what I was talking about because, you know, <laughs> you just say little things. Right. But when but I did that, spirit. that headache left like that. So, unforgiveness, unforgiveness, unforgiveness is so bad. And just love people. Yeah. Just love people. Sometimes you don't have to talk to them. Just go up and love them, and they'll feel that love. But uh, forgive people. Keep yourself clean, and just be obedient to God and what yeah. He tells you, and to your parents. And to what? Your parents. Your parents. That's right. Well, awesome. Let's give these incredible ladies a hand. You might be watching tonight and, and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. We want to give you the opportunity to accept the Lord into your heart because as you've witnessed tonight, living for the Lord is the best life you can live. God is faithful and he loves you so much that he's brought the truth in love to you tonight. And so all you have to do is ask the Lord to come into your heart. Say, Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner and I want you to be my savior. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your precious blood and be the Lord of my life today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you believe that prayer, then Jesus is your Lord. And how many know it's not about religion, but it's a relationship? Yes. It's a relationship. What we have learned from these incredible women tonight is that it's a love relationship and that God is faithful. God will be faithful to you. So fall in love with him. Yes. Get into the Word. I heard you guys say about the Word of God and how it's so important to stay in the Word and to be women of, and men of prayer. God hears your prayers. He said He hears the cries of the righteous and He delivers them out of all their troubles. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.